What's going on, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Bows and Bullets with Christian and Jay. Jay, how was your week? How was your... No, yeah. not too terrible. Getting over a little head cold. I've been fighting, but, you yeah. know, can't complain. Went out, got a deer, stung, deer stand hung this week, so that's a plus. But... That's good. I'm going down home next weekend and uh, getting my stuff set up for this coming season. Getting the batteries changed in my feeders and everything, checking on my tree stands, making sure they're still secure and everything, all that stuff. Needs to be done every year, you know? <clears throat> yeah, unfortunately, you can't just hang it and go. It's safety and all that. Don't want to fall out of a tree, but... Um, so, today's topic, we actually had one of, a, one of our people on our Facebook group, which if you haven't checked that out, guys, head over and check that out, but... Uh, had sent in a request for something they wanted us to discuss is hunting the wind, how to hunt the wind, and scent eliminator products. Do they work? Um, and I will start that conversation off by saying they work great hand in hand. Okay, scent elimination products are not a, an end all be all. And what I mean by that is you can take the shower, you can do the sprays, wash your clothes, which I'm, as a bow hunter, I'm a huge fan of all of those things. But you cannot do all of that and then just go hunt any wind you want to and expect that, you know, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Because deer have a nose that is stronger than, I mean, stronger than anything, but... I can't think of anything other than maybe a bear right now that has a, a better nose and better at picking up scent than a deer. So you have to use them together. Still, you got to hunt the wind. And what I, what I mean by hunt the wind is I have multiple stands throughout my property. I know where I'm going to go each morning by checking the wind, and I know that Deer tend to come from this direction. So, deer are naturally going to enter downwind from where you're at, right? Possibly. That's been my experience, is that deer always, they're always going to come with the wind in their face. Because that way, they're able to tell if there is anything that's dangerous ahead of them before they even get to that area. They're able to smell the danger and avoid it. So, if you set up with the wind not blowing in the direction that the, you want the deer to walk is going to be your number one as far as not as far as how to hunt the wind. That is huge. All right. Do you have anything to add in this yet? Yeah, I'm going to chime in a little bit. Smart <coughs> uh, scent eliminator products. Um, do they work? Yes. Will they work? You don't know. Okay. So it's going in with uh, hunting the winds. They do go hand in hand, carrying your scent and everything else like that. Um, hunting is 90% luck. And anything you can do to up your chances of success, you do it that way. But I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I blasted myself down with various different types of scent eliminator before. Put stuff above me that's supposed to blow down, kill all your scent. I'm out there with 
my phone with an app on it. It's got a satellite from low orbit telling me what direction the <laughs> fucking wind is coming and all that stuff. And then this guy at 60 some years old is over there smoking a fucking camel cigarette, you know, <laughs> got his flannel on, you know, and he reeks of the wood burning stove in his house and all that kills a buck a bigger buck than I do. Okay. So explain that one to me. Um, it's an animal. It's a living being. It's going to do what it wants to do. Um, but like I said, anything you can to increase your chances of success, you do it. Hunting with the wind. Okay, so if you can kill your scent, that's good. Another thing you can do is there's different types of attractants out there. All right, dominant buck, doe and estrus, etc., etc. Set you up a drip wick perimeter around your stand. Okay, one thing that I like to do is when I come in on my four wheeler. Especially if I'm hunting the rut, I like to dip it in some dough and rut, you know, dough and heat, dough and estrus. And I tie a line to the back of my four-wheeler, and I drag it. I do a drag line all the way to my stand, okay? That's how I killed that one behind us right there. It came in straight down, nose to the ground, looked like a dog. Trailing all the way down, so I don't care what I smelled like, all right? It was the rut, and he was on that dough, all right? Good luck breaking them off of that. So it brought him right down to me. He stopped at the bait pile I had out there. I shot him. It was my success. Um, but as far as, like, do they work? Yes. Okay. Will they work? You don't know. You got to go out there. You got to try it. Um, you know, and deer are curious animals. True story here. I parked my four-wheeler. Probably... 100 to 150 yards away from me one time okay park it down there walk the rest of the way to my stand i get up there while i'm up there i notice some movement over here by my four-wheeler so i bring my scope up and i'm looking over there and there's a doe with a yearling and they're over there sniffing my four-wheeler all right so something about that four-wheeler attracted all right, so, you know, I mean, could have been, you know, that I hauled bags of feed on it before, you know, did maybe some of my, like I said, my uh, attractants or something, the scent get on or whatever, but you're not going to tell me that the smell of that exhaust fumes and oil and everything else didn't overpower that, you know, and that circumstance right there, I never would have, I never would have thought of anything. I thought it would have scared them off and they'd run the other damn direction, you know, but they're up there sniffing my four-wheeler. So I shot one. <laughs> but yeah, you know, shot the doe and uh, I come back I'm like, you ain't gonna believe this. I was like, but they were I was like, if they'd been there any longer, I think they'd have probably been licking it, you know, but um Well how often do these deer see farm equipment? Depends yeah. on whatever you're in, uh, what region. That's another thing. Um I know an uh, older gentleman that would dip his fingers in uh, diesel fuel as a scent mask because of how much truck traffic was going around in there. He said, and so it helped mask him up, and he killed a lot of deer. Now, am I telling people to go out there and dip their hands in <clears throat> diesel fuel and rub all over them? No, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. But not with the price that it is right now. I'm no, not no, going to do no. that. Yeah, I would do it again <laughs> with period. You know, my lucky be lighting up a cigarette, bursting a flame. But um, so as far as the wind goes, um, yes, try and use it to your advantage. Um, like you said, you have multiple tree stands up. I have multiple tree stands up. Um, if I'm setting up drip wicks and all that, I'm paying attention to which way the wind is going and carrying that scent. 
because there's a good chance you know that that buck is catching it from downwind and coming in from that direction. <coughs> Try and use that to your advantage. Um, <laughs> am I going to guarantee it's going to work? No, I'm not. You know, but like I said, any, anything you can do to increase your chances, go for it. Well, one thing I like to do when it comes to wind is I, uh, anybody who's, you know, if you followed any of the big name guys that out there hunting, uh, hunting shows, they'll tell you thermals are a big thing. I like to find that area where it, and I'm sure you've seen it before, but no matter what you do, the wind swirls. It's just something about the way that woods grew and, and is set up that the wind is going to hit and swirl. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if you noticed this, but when we went to Pennsylvania, okay, on that bear hunt, when I stepped out of the yurt, <clears throat> buddy Doug was with me, and I pointed out, the wind's coming in from my right, hitting us inside the face. I pointed out, look at the clouds. The clouds are going the opposite direction. He's like, how in the hell is that possible? Like the wind is going that way. Mm-hmm. We're in a wind tunnel. All right, so like I said, you might be looking at your app and it's saying that the wind's coming from the southwest. So I'm going to sit this way, and you're like, well, what the hell? The wind's right in my face, you know? Well, it's because, like you said, you know, there's a wind tunnel there because of Mother Nature. You know, it's in a valley, you know, in a holler, the way the woods are, you know, clearing. So, yeah, get out there and figure out what's going on with it and uh, <clears throat> set up accordingly. Well, one thing when it comes to those swirling winds is thermals. To me, I, and now granted, everything we're talking about here can vary, will will vary from area to area, and it's also going to vary from archery to bows, or or, archery to firearms. Mm -hmm. And that's why we named the show what we did, Bows and Bullets, Um, is we don't want to just specify one particular types of hunt. And if you guys subscribe to the channel and you guys see what we got coming up this year, you know, you're going to see a lot of small game and archery hunting, rifle hunting, different areas of the country. But thermals are huge to me. So as an archery hunter, as typically an archery hunter for white-tailed deer, I find those areas where the winds like to swirl. And if I know that the deer are coming through in those areas that the wind is swirl, I will stay out of that in the evening and I will only hunt those areas in the morning because thermals for those of you who don't know as the sun is coming up right heat rises so as the sun comes up and everything starts to uh warm up and heat up it's going to rise up and what that does is even if the wind is swirling it's going to cover it's going to take your scent straight up i've seen it multiple times and that's why i love doing it that way and the reason I stay out of that in the the uh, I stay out of there in the evening is because uh, as those thermals that cool air comes down, and basically it's pushing your scent straight down into the area where the deer are going to be uh, on the ground, basically. And a really good way to just avoid that problem and avoid burning out that spot is I find I find those swirly winded areas. And I let the thermals, and I let Mother Nature basically give me an advantage. Mm-hmm. I let those thermals carry my scent up and away, and it's a huge, huge bonus 
to me is when I find those little areas because deer will deer will bed close to those areas. If that wind is swirling, they're catching scent from all over the place. So they're going to be able to sense when danger is coming and from all directions instead of just, you know, out of the north or the south or whatever direction it may be coming from. So when I when I do find those stands, I usually leave or those areas I usually leave my stand up. I, that's that's one stand I don't like to move and I don't like to change. Is I've seen it time and time again where the deer love that area and if you can avoid burning that area out you know pick and choose when you're going to be in that stand that can pay off huge in archery season mm-hmm. that's another reason why i like to hunt out of tree stands too it gets you up out of the scent line <clears throat> up above it and uh so uh what i look for is food sources i look for a lot of white oaks a lot of acorns and all that stuff usually you find an area like yeah you're going to find a lot of mm-hmm. deer traffic and somewhere around there is usually where i'm going to be end up putting up my tree stand um, deer love thickets okay um, when they get in the thickets they bed down in it, and it blocks wind so find you a thicket okay you'll see animal paths cut through it and all that stuff so you tree stand up outside of the thicket for when they come in and come out of it uh, but yes they do love thickets because they block the wind I've noticed when the wind is too heavy, they have a tendency to bed down, and you're not getting a lot of movement. <clears throat> so, me, if it's too windy out there, I might just say, I'm not going out today. Especially in a tree stand. <laughs> okay, I don't like being up a tree stand and doing this shit. Right, you know, <laughs> you're getting motion sickness and all that other stuff sitting up there. Um, you're also running the risk of limbs breaking and stuff like that, and you put yourself at risk. I've seen that happen before. Um, hunt Kentucky one time. I mean, it was high, high winds, and everybody's like, I'm sitting in. I'm like, well, I'm not. You know, I'm the hardcore hunter. You know, I'm going out there. I'm out there in a tree, and I'm watching trees breaking out. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, screw this shit. I'm out of here, you know. I'm not getting clobbered by a tree. But, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, if it's too high, don't put yourself at risk going out there, you know, taking a tree branch right between the eyes. Yeah. I don't know, it's just it's part of my hunt routine as it should be everybody's. I always I check the temperature and I check the wind. And I go lie to you, I don't. <laughs> really? I don't ever check the wind. No, nope, I go out there and whichever way it's blowing, like I said, I'll set up some drip wicks, uh, do my perimeter and notice which way that the wind is carrying that scent, and that direction gets majority of my full focus. Okay, because that's the way my scent attractants are going. So if a buck gets wind of it. He's coming in from that direction. So I don't check it before. A lot of places I go, I don't even have signal to, to check it, you know, other yeah. than walking outside and figuring out which way it's coming from. And But each their own, you know, it's, it's your hunt. You know, you do it the way you want to. What works for you, what you've had luck with, I mean, you do it. Like I said, I know people older than me that have killed more deer than me and you put together that don't do any of this shit at all. It's, they just get out there, you know, and... They got a cigarette in their mouth, you know, an oatmeal cream pie out there, and I'm like, oh, shit, and they shoot one. It's like, I mean, God was on their side is the only thing that I could <laughs> rationally think of. But, I mean, old hunt partner of ours, I told you that story. He was literally sitting Indian style on a hill, smoking a cigarette. Deer walked right behind him. He shot him with it hanging out of his mouth. He was like, oh, 
shit, imagine that, boom, shot it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm like, I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've paid all this money for all this stuff, you know, and this asshole just shows up, didn't even have his own gun, had to borrow it off of this, walks out there and wasn't even wearing camo. <laughs> just wore the orange vest he had to over top of some coveralls, blue coveralls. So they're shaking my head like, you, you got to be kidding me. You know, but that's the way it works. It's hunting. You got to be the right place, right time. But, you know, it's, luck is most definitely a factor. But anything you can do to increase that luck, do it. Oh, absolutely. And, well, that just takes me straight back to the difference in terrain, different in areas. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I mostly hunt here in the state of Ohio, mm-hmm. where we have a lot more flat rural ground, where... You hunt primarily Kentucky, whereas you do do some hunting up here in Ohio, mm-hmm. but most of it's down in Kentucky. And I've been down to your property in Kentucky, and it is nothing but hills. They're either straight up or straight down. There is no you know, half hill. There's no slight incline. It's straight up or straight down. There's cliff. Yeah. yeah. And you, the wind on this side of the mountain may be coming out of the east, and the wind yeah. on this one may be coming out of the south. You don't know. It changes from time to time. From so one hillside to the other. Exactly, and it goes back to basically what you said. Does it work? At the end of the day, yeah, it works. But there are also a lot of factors to take into account. It should not be the end-all, be-all for you. You know, you should not be, and if you're the kid in high school who never took a freaking shower and you only ever covered yourself in Axe body spray, you are probably this guy. Do not just hose yourself down in dead down wind and then expect to walk out there and just kill a monster buck. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's so many things that you have to take into account. And you do get those guys, the, the, uh, the freak accidents, who are smoking cigarettes and kill, you know, massive deer. Mm-hmm. But... I, as a bow hunter, and this is probably where we may differ a little bit from rifle hunter to bow hunter, I like to get them in as close as possible. I agree. So I like to have the, I like to have every single advantage that I can, and I like to have... Take every advantage you possibly can. And I've killed one of uh, the crossbow um, out of my tree stand, and, and I hammered myself down with, uh, you know, the scent eliminator. I'm not going to mention any <clears throat> names unless they want to sponsor me, so, but... We want sponsors. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I did. I hammered myself down, did all that stuff, and I rattled a buck in. And, I mean, almost to my tree stand, literally. I mean, I shot him almost straight down, shot him in the neck, okay? And when everybody asked me, like, how far away did you shoot him? How many yards? I was like, yards? You mean feet? That's how close he came. Now, if I hadn't sprayed myself down and did all the scent eliminator, you know, laundry detergent, spray soap, all that other stuff, um, would I have got them in that close? I'm going to say no. Okay? I mean, yes, he did come in from the rattling and all that stuff, but I don't think I would have got him that close. Your scent bubble wouldn't have been as small mm-hmm. as it was as <clears throat> it was that day. And I have actually a similar story from the first doe I took last year. Uh, sitting in my tree stand, doe comes in couple fawns feeding in behind her and uh i felt the wind switch on me and i'm like oh crap she's 
I'm busted. She's gonna, you know, she's got me. <coughs> uh, excuse me. And they come in, they come in, and every time I go into the woods, I always, I always take my scent elimination to the max. Because you never know when that monster is going to step out. So, um, this doe is feeding in. She, she's feeding in with the fawns. And they end up getting over to my bait pile. And the wind switches. This doe was probably max 15 yards. I'm saying that's max. It's probably pushing it. Um... And unfortunately, you know, three deer right there, every one of them kept picking their heads up. And I got the, I was sitting in the perfect tree, but unfortunately that perfect tree would not let me go up the full 20 feet that I like to be when I'm sitting in a tree stand. Mm -hmm. So I was sitting more at like 15 to the seat of my stand. And that's where I like them actually, 15 yeah. feet, yeah. You get too high up there and your angle of your shot gets more severe when they come in. And, uh. You know, the main reason that I like hunting out of tree stands is just to get me out of uh, that line of scent. <clears throat> and the tree stand that I hunt out of down home is only 13 feet up there. And I can't, I can't tell you how many I've shot out of it, to be honest with you. I mean, various different places so I've moved it throughout the place, but, I mean, it's perfect. And then I've got some that are 15, you know, 17 feet. I've never got the ones that are 20 feet up really yeah and that because i get up that high and i start getting seasick too and i'm like Ugh. but um yeah just get you up there out of that line of scent and but yes i mean the higher you get up i mean your field of view increases too you know from the undergrowth and all that stuff down there but i've never needed to get full 20 up there i know one guy that would buy multiple <laughs> tree stands just for the ladder rungs and just keep shoving it up there and i'm like man you ain't gotta be at the skyscraper length up there man you know and uh but whatever <clears throat> so but yeah i mean if you like 20 go for 20 me 15 is perfect for me it's absolutely perfect and like i said get, get you some drip wicks out there um drop you if you're in a state that allows baiting you know put a feeder out there um, i used to have gravity fed feeders now i do the uh battery-operated time feeders, and those are the cat's ass, man. I wish I had done that years ago, you know, And but I'm cheap. So I was like, I'm not forking out the money for this shit when I can yeah. know, just get a... 55-gallon drum, drum yeah, and cut yeah. some holes in it. Yeah, put some corrugated tube on the bottom, look at that. And then I got the, then I got the time feeders, and I'm like, I've been living a lie, you know? <laughs> like, this is awesome. So we just got my son one. This will be the first year he's going to have one. One of these years we'll get him on the show, and uh, after he gets a little more maturity in him, you know. But uh, he uh, he's became quite the hunter over the years, and uh, it took a while. I mean, it, yeah, he was stubborn, but as it does, as yeah. it does. <clears throat> so, what else are we going to discuss on here? Any more about we? Well, we basically covered. I mean, I think we did. We really covered wind and and you know scent products, but yeah, as far as wind goes, you can't control the wind. That's that's God's plaything. So he's going to do what he wants to do with it. You can just try and use it to your advantage. And I do mean try. Yeah. It can aid you. It can also damn you. Yeah. Um, 
I would. I, I really can't come up with a scenario that I can think of of my years hunting where the wind has actually damned me. Okay, like I said, it's aided me quite a bit with, especially with attractants, um, <clears throat> especially with feed. Okay, you get some of that feed that is mixed with like persimmon, apple. You know what I'm saying? Get that scent out there. Deer love sweet stuff. Okay? Oh yeah. So. Come, they got a sweet tooth. They'll come in eating on it. So um, try and try and use that to your advantage, especially during the rut. You know, I'm not I'm not going to speak for any one type of product, but find you a doe and estrus out there during the rut. And go for that pre-rut dominant buck work a lot for me, <clears throat> and try and rattle them into because that wind will carry noise. Oh yeah, remember that too when you're in a stand. You know, wind carries noise. So if you're yeah. sitting there. You know, kicking your tree stand or something like that. Uh, I know my son scared one off one time. He picked his gun up. He set it down on the rifle rest. And it was, boom. There he goes. What else now? Well, uh, from there, I think season's right around the corner, man. It is. Um, it's, it's closer than we think. Yes, next <laughs> month, archery season. I, I keep thinking that. I'm like, well, we're... 30 days away and roughly 30 days and dove season and early goose opens up this week and then this weekend and and I, then I just get to think about well I got a lot of stuff to do because I have not been doing what I need to be doing this summer and I know as soon as early goose and teal gets in I'm going to be my weekends are going to be shot so yeah I know squirrel season comes in next month and uh, I'll be out there doing some squirrel hunting and uh, taking the boy out you know, getting the rim fires out, keeping in practice and stuff. Love squirrel hunting. Um, you know, there's a lot more action yeah. involved in with that than deer hunting. Deer hunting is still my passion, but, you know, you, know, you, you can't be getting out there with the 22s and popping the little nut eaters and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. You know, good times. Absolutely. Dove. I'm excited for Dove, man. I, it opens up. On the 1st, September 1st, this Thursday, and I'm going to start work at midnight. That way I will be done with my route in time to actually get out to the woods. So, shout out to my supervisor for letting me do that. He knows how much. Well, that's I, good. Yeah, a lot of places won't let you do that. Yeah, he, he knows how much I love to hunt, and, and there he's willing to work with me, and that's, that's awesome. But, yeah, I got to finish putting up one tree stand. I got one set up. Uh, I need to get back, check on the food plot. Um, since... Since we're talking early season, let's talk early season tactics. What's some of your go-to, you know, early season? It's still green. Trail cameras. If you ain't got them out, get them out. Okay? <coughs> Learn what that deer pattern is. Learn what deer you've got in that area. Okay? And there's no better way of doing that than actually being there and seeing them. And if you can't do that, there's your trail cameras. Okay? Um... Saying that, I haven't got mine out yet. <laughs> but next weekend, we are putting them out. But yes, get your trail cameras out there. Um, that's how you know what's in your area. When they're running, you've got some bucks. I mean, you know, they live to be that big because they're smart. Oh, yeah. Okay? And, you know, they've gone nocturnal. So you can see their route and, you know, increase your chances of getting them at last light or early light. 
before they bed down and stuff like that. But yeah, get them trail cameras out, check them periodically, see what's in your area, and get the feed out there. Mm-hmm. Get the feed out there, keep bringing them in. Um, scout your area. Um, if you're not already familiar with it, you know, find, you know, where you got uh, white oaks with the acorns out and stuff like that. Um, up here, you, you've got corn. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everywhere. Corn's so, everywhere. Uh, it, it's an abundancy of food sources. It's a state right? flower for Ohio. It, it should be an ear of corn. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, until that corn's taken off, um, it's hard to bring them out of that corn. Yep. And uh, so you just got to get out there and, you know, play the odds when they come out and you know, start walking through the woods. When that corn's taken off, now you're going to have a better luck with feed. All right, putting bait out there, which you are allowed to bait in Ohio. Yep. And which should be every state. I don't understand that. Even a you know, convicted felon that's condemned to murder is entitled to a last meal. I can't give this <laughs> poor bastard here, you know. And but so uh yeah, like I said, just get out there. You know, that that's the biggest thing right there. Get your trail cameras out, look them over. Find out what's in your area. You will get them to come in. You know, so when you set your feed up, your feeder, whatever you got, get your trail camera over here facing it. Okay. Um, I do not like to face them east or west. I found out as the rising and setting sun's coming up, yep. it will actually trigger your trail camera. And you're like, wow, I got 1,200 photos on here. And it's 1,200 photos of shadow yep. from the sun coming up. And, you know, just go that route on there and see what you got. Go out there and good luck trying bagging. Early season, I like to stick with does. I'm not, now don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pass up a shooter buck Mm -hmm. on opening day because it's opening day. I'm not that guy. Mm -hmm. I grew up hunting state land. I know how rough hunting can get. And if a deer of that caliber walks out in front of me, I am going to shoot it. I don't care if it's the first day or the last day. But... I have, I have tried because I know shooting a buck of that caliber on opening day here in Ohio, that right at the September 28th, is kind of hard. We haven't had any, at least in the past, I want to say five to ten years, like no hard frost before opening day. Nothing to really force those deer to be up on their feet in the daylight. So. And, yeah, that's the thing. Once... Once you get him, you're bucked out for the entire yeah. season. In the state of Ohio, we only get so, one buck for some freaking I mean, reason. But, you know, also, I mean, golden rule. You know, do not pass up on the first day something you would shoot on the last. Exactly. And so, but yeah, I mean, like you said, when I get out there, you know, if it's a doe, all right, then that's trouble on me. All right, you're going in my freezer. And uh, my dad is the exact opposite, man. And uh, But, you know, I'm not hacking on him. You know, yeah. Doe walks out in front of him. See you later. All right. He's out there horn hunting. Yeah. And, you know, and then he's bugging me for trouble on me for the rest of the year. And I'm <laughs> like, hey, why don't you uh, shoot one and I'll make it for you. And he's, uh, he's paranoid. He's like, man, I know if I shoot that doe, that there was a big buck trailing right behind her. And I'm scaring him off. I'm like, if he's trailing her, he's coming in. Okay. We've seen it where one of our hunting buddies shot a doe, killed her. And he had one of them climbing tree stands. So he starts shimmying his way down. He gets halfway down, and a buck comes in. And he's like, 
what's this? You know, and he stops and it comes up. This doe's dead. Well, she must have been in season because he's sitting there nudging it, trying to get her to wake up and get up. <laughs> and yeah, so it's like, obviously that gunshot yeah. <laughs> did not scare that, yeah. that buck off. And so that's, that's the way it worked from there in rut. You know, Mother Nature takes over. You know, oh, yeah. they are full-blown stupid. And I, I, that's why I love rut. My first, uh, my first buck with a bow. I shot it maybe three, four minutes after shooting a squirrel with my bow because it had been a long season. I was deerless. I was irritated, and this squirrel just wouldn't stop. So I'm like, it's legal in the state of Ohio. You punched your own tag, buddy. They and, sound like an elephant in the woods, don't they? Oh, they do. And when that arrow smacked him and went and hit the tree, it sounded like someone set off a 50 caliber muzzleloader in the middle of the woods. And I'm after that, I'm sitting here thinking, man, that was stupid. I ain't gonna see nothing. See, my day is over. I might as well climb, climb down, go home, get warm, and and you know, like I said, what three, four minutes later. He was in the same woods. He had to have been within earshot of that, you know, that loudest smack I've ever heard in my life. And he come down, come in, nose to the ground, just didn't care I was there, didn't care about the noise, and uh, ended up 20, 25-yard shot, just 10 ringed him. And it was, I don't know, I guess somebody was smiling on me that day, but it, it I was. I plugged on the crossbow hunting one time, and I was up there, and my uncle and his son come in squirrel hunting right behind me okay and didn't know i was out there deer hunting obviously but i'm sitting there watching i'm laughing and but they're they're back here you know squirrel hunting well they jumped a deer i could tell it was a buck i'm like oh man you gotta be kidding me you know well, that's how my luck works so i sat there and waited and they left they went back home <clears throat> that deer came back in he didn't run off yeah. he only ran far enough until they left and he came back in that was it so you know he's seen them he you know he smelled them oh yeah he didn't care he just waited for him to leave and he came back in and then i shot him <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was the end of him yeah but yeah i mean i couldn't believe it and i was telling everybody about it and they're like are you serious they're like they scared it off to come back in i said yeah came right back in and everybody was like man I've been madder than hell and I'd have got out of that tree stand cussing and, you know, people ruined my hunt and all that. Oh, yeah. It's like, nobody ruined the hunt. They're just out there doing the same thing I was, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, they had permission to be back here just as much as I did. Ain't nothing ruined. If anything, they kind of aided me, you know, because yeah. I don't think that deer would ever came by me if they hadn't done that. Well, that's, you, you see a lot of people, guide services, uh, where they use four-wheelers and stuff or gators, side-by-sides, whatever you want to call them, they drop people off, you know, everybody thinks, well, doesn't a four-wheeler scare them off or doesn't that scare them off? Well, no, they're so used to it at this point that a lot of them know that it's the gator. They know it by the noise. So they'll either sit tight or they'll move out of the area and wait and see that, that four-wheeler or that side-by-side leave. Now, they don't look at it and say, hey, wait a minute, there was two people in that. Now there's only one. What's going on with that? Yeah. You know, they think, oh, okay, it's gone. The threat is gone. I can go back to doing what I was doing, feeding acorns or what have you. And from that point there, it just uh, it makes it a lot easier for people. So that's a, another tactic, I guess, that people use in, when it comes to uh, hunting is they use that vehicle or whatever to get in there. And they use it a lot during the summer and they putting out food or whatever, corn, 
Yeah, and I swear by four-wheelers, man. You know, there was a time where, I mean, I didn't own one. We, I mean, we walked everywhere we are at, and especially down there in Kentucky, wherever, everything's straight up, straight down. Yeah. Dragging them things. So we dragged them until our, our knees were knocking, shaking, you know, ringing and sweat. And, and we're like, yeah, we ain't never going to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> Got some four-wheelers and all stuff. But, yeah, we go out there uh, with the quads. And like I said, I, I parked mine 100, 150 yards off, and I looked over, and there was two deer sniffing it. You know, I'm like, well, what is this? I mean, that blew my mind. And so, I mean, you, you don't know what it's going to do. I mean, what's, you know, the animal might be curious. You know, hey, what what's that new smell? What yeah. is that? I want to see what it is. I don't know. And, but all I know is God was on my side on that one. And uh, what was our topic again? Wind and sand. <laughs> do we, we'll get off subject on that. We always get off subject. We start talking and we just talk and talk and talk and it never ends. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, like I said before, if it gets too windy, I'm not going out. And I'm not. I took a tree branch right between the eyes one time. Oh, be careful with that. You know, when you set your tree stands up, look, see if there's any dead limbs up in that tree. I found out the hard way on that one. Oh, about that big around limb fell out of one. I mean, I heard it. I heard that. Crunch, crack, crack, and I looked up, smack right between the eyes. Man, I had two black eyes. You know, I still got a little scar right here on my nose from that shit. And uh, but I used to do CCW classes back then. So the next day, I had a CCW class, and I had to go there with two black eyes and a busted nose <laughs> do the CCW class. So that's another thing to be careful about. You know, when you're up in a tree, you know, and it gets too windy, get out. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you you don't want to be up there and limbs start breaking off and hitting and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I've had a couple close calls hanging tree stands. And this actually seems like the perfect time since we're talking about preseason and early season. Talk about tree stand safety. Um, change your straps out on your tree stands. Okay. And I know I am bad about this, but... If you don't get up there and change those straps every now and again, eventually the day is going to come where you're up in that tree stand and you're going to end up falling 20 feet to the ground if you're not wearing a harness or a safety uh, safety line. And I don't know about you, but I really like to hunt out of hang-ons. I'm a huge believer in hang-ons, and I always use a lifeline with my hang-ons. I'm bad about not using them with ladder stands. I don't know if it's just because... That's everybody. You get a false sense of security. Um, a lot of your ladder stands have the shooting rail yeah. that folds up, and it gives you, like I said, a false sense of security sitting up on there. Um, that's all I hunt out of is ladder stands. I've used hang-ons. Um, I didn't feel comfortable with them. Um, I like two mans. I like my elbow room. You know, I don't like two mans to put a second person in. I like two mans for me. Yeah. And. Um, I also like the shooting rail because I can put a blind in front of it. Right. And it helps conceal me. So, but like you said, and it's not just change your straps out. Inspect, every year inspect it because that tree grows. Yeah. As it grows, it lifts your tree stand up. Okay, so you need to readjust your tree stand accordingly with it, you know, and resettle it back down. Um, keep, keep your pins in there because some people you know if they go bad or something like that and like well i got one on this side and i'm on this side well as it grows it goes like this 
And, but yes, especially with the straps. Those straps rocked. Okay, and then you've got uh, your support uh, ropes and keep them, you know, they'll, they'll rock too. You know, they'll go get some more, uh, what do you want to call it, paracord or something like that. I use a lot of that. Yeah. And nylon, any ropes and all that stuff, you know, stabilizer ropes, work, I always call them. And yeah. Make sure it's all safe. You know, you don't want to get up there and fall out of that thing. And I've never fallen out of a tree stand and... I almost did and that limb hit me, but thankfully I didn't. But that's another reason why I like ladder stands. I like that extra bar yeah. around me and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it is a false sense of security. But, I mean, you know, I've been up there with my son before, and he's, he's fallen asleep. <laughs> all right, you know, it is, you know, good to have that thing there, you know, not just a lifeline on stuff, something he can land on that, you know. But that's kids, you know. Yeah. I've come close a couple times. I mean, it's, it's, it got me to the point back when I was young, dumb, you know, I was I'm Superman. I don't need, you know, I balance. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And now it's just looking down you're like, okay, maybe, uh, maybe there's something behind this whole safety harness thing. Maybe there's, I ain't as young as I used to be. Well, yeah, you fall on your head and I mean, it's, it's, it's done, you know? And, <coughs> so, I mean... I think that's how most hunting accidents happen is actually getting in and out of the tree stand, if I remember correctly. And you just gotta, gotta be careful. Any, anything, you know, safety first on everything from firearm safety, hunting safety, whatever. Safety, safety, safety. And inspect your tree stands. Like I said, inspect those straps, okay? Um, are they gonna last more than a year? Probably. But if you start seeing them where they're fraying, you know, starting to rot. Get it out of there. Ratchet straps are cheap, you know. Well, I, I am a firm believer in not actually using the straps that come with the stand. unless you Now, unless you're going out and brought, buying like a lone wolf or you're spending $300 for just the stand, not even, the, you know, the climbing sticks and everything mm-hmm. involved, um, I throw those ones out or I use them for something else. I will go to the store and I will buy ratchet straps. Because I know they're going to be solid and they're going to hold that stand to the tree. I don't trust, and maybe it's just me, but there's a strap where you pull it tight and then the clamp just presses down on the strap and it holds it there. I don't trust them. Yeah. I'm fat. I don't trust that thing to hold my, you know, 260-pound butt. I just don't. Me, if, like, let's say it's ladder stand and it comes with one strap you know and here's the teeth and all that if there's another spot where i can put a second strap on i will yeah okay two straps are better than one and if there is only one possible spot to do that i i don't ever use the freebie that comes with it i don't you know i actually go buy, buy some a lot of them will tell you how many poundages that they're rated for and everything like that and put you a nice one on there but uh-huh. most of them that i've seen you know, I can throw one up where the teeth actually go in, and then there's somewhere towards the bottom I can throw the second one on there for added security. And yeah. it ain't going nowhere, except up as a tree grows. So. Well, most of the ladder stands that you buy now, they have that uh, that jaw technology where there's actually a strap that comes down from the top, and it has like a half circle with teeth. Mm-hmm. And as you tighten the ratchet strap, those teeth, it closes and it digs into the tree trunk in. itself. Mm-hmm. 
that way, not only does that help keep you sturdy, but when you're climbing up there to put your straps on, after you've put the stand up, it's going to prevent that stand from tipping in one direction to another. Another thing, when you're putting ladder stands up, um, don't do it by yourself. Get, get some people out there to help you. And, you know, when you get it up there, have some people down there holding that ladder so you can get up there and, you know, they keep it nice and steady and everything. I mean, you don't want to try doing it. I mean, I wouldn't even try it with, I've done it before, but I, I don't like doing it with two people. Yeah. I'd rather have three. You got two people down there, each holding the thing, and something bad happens, you know, they can keep it sturdy and keep it from falling off. Um, you and uh, our other friend Chris, you know, helped me put up that one. Yeah. And I put up so many, it was like that, yeah, we were done. Yeah. And that's why you know, I, I'm not going to go out there with one person and try and throw one up and put myself at risk. You know, there ain't no deer out there on the planet worth getting hurt or getting killed over. You know? Oh, yeah. So, safety first. So, well, guys, I think I think we're going to end it there for this week. Um, so, you're going down to Kentucky this weekend? Yep, this coming weekend. We'll go down there. We, we got to get stuff set up. Uh-huh. And I don't want to say procrastinating. We've just been so busy. Yeah. And the whole family as a whole. And <coughs> want to get down there and get this stuff set up or you know it's, it's going to be right on top of us and we no preparing at all you know which we've done that before too you know you go and hunt and blind and sometimes that's the funnest you know? yeah um and sometimes you go down there i mean sometimes it's a disappointment you know and i hate to say it that way but when you're sitting there all your long trail camera and everything you see these big bucks and then you go down there and you don't see a one yeah, they know deer season's there, and they're like, "Well, I say you out there with that orange shit on, asshole. I'm not coming out. <laughs> I to lay right here and eat these acorns, and you don't see any of them." And but you know, I mean, get out there, have a good time, be safe. Yep. And uh, we'll let you end the show with your little saying that you always do. All right. Well, guys, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, go ahead and follow us. We are on TikTok. Facebook and Instagram, all of it under uh, Bows and Bullets Podcast and Web Show. Um, make sure you subscribe and like on YouTube if you guys really like it. We have uh, microphones and everything coming, so the, I know the audio isn't great right now, and I or on the previous episodes. However, we don't have sponsors. We're doing this show because we uh, yet yeah, hopefully, <laughs> and. We're doing this show because we enjoy doing this show. It's, we want to pass on knowledge that we have, that mistakes that we've made, and we want to help bring that knowledge to the younger generation. So uh, if you guys really want to help us out, like, subscribe, share, get the word out, you know. There's a couple of hillbillies that like to sit around and talk deer hunting or just hunting in general. Um, we're going to get Jay over here on his first duck or goose hunt this year. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming down the line, guys. Um, we have hats coming soon. If anybody wants to buy some hats, that will be uh, linked here. Hopefully within the next couple episodes, we'll have them actually on their way, and we'll have them here to show you guys. Um, I want a huge shout-out to the following that we have so far. Thank you guys for everything that you've done as far as liking, commenting, sharing. It's It's been a good, it's been a good run so far. I'm enjoying it. I know Jay here is enjoying it. Um, so with that being said, guys, uh, sit still, shoot straight, and we'll see you on the next one.